As 2023 comes to a close, I wanted to celebrate the launch of the This Is My Generation podcast this year, our 22 episodes thus far, and just end the year with a little bit of a recap and summary, a little bit of a break, and start strong again in 2024. So we are featuring these next two weeks, the most two popular episodes from this year's launch, and that's on socialization as well as how to transition from traditional school to homeschool and what encompasses both of those topics. Those were our most popular episodes thus far and I wanted to reshare them. Feel free to take these next couple of weeks to explore episodes that you haven't gotten a chance to listen to yet. Please, please, please provide reviews, feedback, and I would love for you to please email me, melanie at thisismygeneration.com and let me know what topics you want to hear about as we go through these first next couple months of 2024. So thank you for being a listener and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. All right. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the This Is My Generation podcast. And guys, I'm excited for this one. This has been like probably the most requested episode and probably the one people expected to like lead off with in the very beginning. Granted, I guess, you know, if I end up having 300 episodes, episode six is the very beginning. So here we are. But today we're uh, we're going to dive into a topic that's close to every school homeschooling parent's heart. And that's social connections. Okay, so you've probably heard the buzz around whether homeschool kids get enough socialization. Like it's usually the first question or I guess rather dismissal <laughs> that you hear. I know it was for me. Like it was... It was one of my, it's my, one of my bestest friends who is now my single biggest supporter. She knows exactly who she is if she's listening. Um, and I remember clear as day, we were sitting at a bar. Uh, we were at a pre-wedding reception for a mutual friend. And I had mentioned that that is where I felt led to go education-wise with my then infant son. It's when Josiah, uh, I don't even know, he was like maybe six months or something. And I got an earful about socialization and we were homeschool kids and just, you know, like they need to have friends, like they need to be in a school system, blah, blah, blah. And she's a public school teacher. Uh, she was, she's in administration at the district level now. And so she's obviously passionate about education, right? But I think she would definitely admit now that she knows how many misconceptions that so many of us, myself included, have held or still hold about homeschooling. And even my sister-in-law keeps reminding me that like homeschool kids that she knows are weird. And, you know, she sees a few because she works for DCF. But I think that term is relative anyways, you know, the weird. But so you get where I'm coming from. So I want to unpack this today and show you how we can nurture fantastic social interactions for our little learners um, just outside of those traditional classroom walls. All right. So let's kick things off. Um, I think the best place to start is debunking this common myth that homeschoolers miss out on socialization, right? It's just like the number one complaint or thing. So if you listen to other episodes, you've heard me say the saying or the quote, rather, um, it is anonymous. It's not tied to anyone. Uh, forced association is not socialization. Okay. I'll say it again. Forced association is not socialization. But what does that even mean? Like, it, I mean, I usually refer to it, you know, really quickly in like an elevator pitch that just because you're in a room full of kids for eight hours a day, you know, that you put together doesn't mean the kids are socializing, right? But 
In this saying, forced is referring to the fact that at the beginning of a school year, students don't choose who is in the classroom with them, and then as parents, we don't have a say either. Now, I know for everything, there's an exception, but you understand that like nine out of 10 times, you get a roster at an open house or whatever, and off you go, right? So then what exactly is the difference between association and real socialization? Because socialization is not just about being in the same room with peers for hours on end. That's what association is, you know, whose definition, like textbook definition, is a group of people organized for a joint purpose. So a group of 11-year-olds grouped together for the sixth grade academic year academic year, right? Socialization, on the other hand, is defined in the dictionary as the activity of mixing socially with others and or the process of learning to behave in a way that is acceptable to society. And I think culturally, we also define it as being like about meaningful connections, genuine interactions, and just sort of building life skills that go beyond the confines of a, of a traditional classroom. Because I think most of the time when people have uh, something to say about homeschool kids being socialized. Like that's really what they're getting at is like these meaningful connections, genuine interactions and, and so on. So the saying that like force association doesn't equal socialization is aiming to get at the heart that simply like because you're in a room together for a joint purpose, like or a norm, you could say, doesn't mean that you are learning things that are acceptable to society. I mean, and I think it's fair to assume that like we we can agree on that, you know, whether it's a bullying statistic, violence, or like some other detention, dropout, whatever rate, like both positive and negative things are learned through the traditional school environment. And I often say that the educational vehicle of choice does not dictate a particular outcome, right? So in this instance of like socialization and then turning into friendships, like that's very true, right? Homeschooled or educated via a traditional school, like you're going to see it all. It runs the gamut because of course, you're not hearing me say that true social connections and deep friendships can't come from that forced association in school. I mean, we obviously know that's false. I'm living proof, as I'm sure you are. Like that same BFF I mentioned earlier, I've known since the ninth grade, and I'll let you, you know, guess the number of years on that, though. But, you know, I also have other lifelong close friends that, you know, I was forced to associate with in the same dance class when we were 10, you know, that I, I love dearly now. But, you know, just picture your child engaging in conversations with people of all ages and generations, like on a regular basis, not just on the weekends or, you know, a thing on the evening, but like diverse groups of people, whether by age, race, socioeconomic status, career, like you name it. I think like even just today, Josiah struck up a conversation with the janitor at the library for like five minutes. <laughs> um, he engaged with, let's see, the story time event leader. He spent time with other kids and parents. Uh, he asked questions of the UPS store employee. He hung out with some of the older women at our church um, who have sort of become like a grandma to him during choir rehearsal over the last year. He goes every Thursday night with my husband, and that's what allows me to record these in peace. Um, and in a couple of weeks, he'll be back on the soccer field for the fall season and, you know, taking direction from coaches and, you know, building on friendships that he began in the spring. And this variety of interactions happens every single day. Like some are one-on-one -on -one, or like one time rather, but many are recurring and, and all with very different backgrounds, experiences, personalities, et cetera, you know, to where he gets these opportunities to practice communication skills on those people, learn responses to tone of voice and behaviors. You know, at, at five, he's sort of learning to master and, and figure out like what sarcasm is and the eye roll and some of the attitudes that he gets from us and just, you know, 
spending a little bit of time in Massachusetts, I guess, I guess, but, uh, you know, like building empathy for people, fostering that like ability to be adaptive to your situation. Like these are all skills that are absolutely vital for success in the real world. Right. And here's the thing. I truly believe that homeschoolers get to benefit from both quantity and quality because homeschoolers are not limited to interactions with just one group, right? They often get the chance to form deeper connections. They get to engage in discussions that go way beyond what's trending in the school cafeteria. You know, and obviously this can happen with a traditional school student in their time outside of school in the classroom, you know, assuming that these diverse social connections are like being fostered by their parents. But remember, the focus of this episode is on dismantling the myths that these connections are being stripped away from homeschool kids. Like that's the focus. I just, I don't want anybody coming at me later saying like my kid's in a public school. It has X, Y, Z. Like, I know, I know it's, it can happen and it happens beautifully. The point is that just because you're homeschooled doesn't mean that that's stripped away. Right. And vice versa, that it's not a guarantee that because they're in public school, it's going to magically happen. Right. I think the magic in homeschooling is the flexibility and time available to a lot for authentic connections. You know, picture a homeschooling family where the child learns about gardening from their neighbors or, you know, practicing math while cooking with their grandparents and discussing history with a family friend who's a World War II veteran. Like these interactions are just gold mines of wisdom and experience. And we're way beyond just, you know, spending eight hours a day in a classroom with the same people. So I think if I've provided, you know, ample enough evidence yet, that uh, like vibrant social connections are certainly possible for homeschool kids. Like how do we then as homeschool parents approach this whole social socialization, like just say that five times fast <laughs> uh, gig, I guess, if you want to call it right. Like what, what do we do first to quote unquote, get it right. And I believe it all starts with a shift in mindset because socialization isn't a mere checkbox on the to-do list, right? It's an ongoing journey. It's one of growth and development. And, you know, hear me out with my ongoing broken record mention of this, but it, it all comes back to your educational philosophy, your homeschooling approach, and your homeschooling goals, right? If socialization is the process of learning how to behave in a normative societal way, then you as a family have to decide what that is and how far you take it, okay? Because I know homesteading families who homeschool and have very little interaction with society outside of their local farming community. But their family work spans generations. They have chosen to engage very purposefully in their work. And they're choosing to cultivate those values in their children. Are the kids disciplined and behaving socially in the sense that no crimes are being committed? And are they respectful to authority and other adults, etc.? Like, yes, like, of course. Would some folks, you know, that are like deep into societal trends, view them as odd, perhaps. Like it's all relative, right? Like you define the norms for your family. And if the goal of socialization is to be a productive member of society and behave in an acceptable manner, then this homesteading family has hit the mark. But if you're looking for assimilation with the latest trends and wanting to have conversations about cultural things like TV and gossip, then you may have to go somewhere else, okay? I mean, that's just... It, it comes down to what we value as important. And ultimately, I think hearing it positioned this way, like reminds us that the parent is the authority in terms of social exposure and the like, you know, and I also hope it goes without saying that we're not talking about like cults that operate in like complete isolation and borderline on abuse, right? I'm talking about things like 
my own family and how one of our driving factors in homeschooling is that we don't want our boys to be a part of this world. We are, as Christians, called to be in the world, but we're not of the world. And so this doesn't mean that my husband and I seek to like vet and carefully select the people that we hang out with, or rather like that we do carefully, right? Yeah, like we don't, I don't want to strip him, Josiah, and Levi, but he's only two. So usually when I'm I'm talking about like what I'm thinking of with my homeschooler, it's my five-year-old Josiah. But like, it doesn't mean that they're not going to play video games or like partake in certain trends or whatever, right? But it does mean that Aaron and I will sort of vet and carefully select who he's going to spend time with. Because as a devout Christian, yes, I have good friends with secular beliefs and other ideologies, but we are respectful of our differing beliefs and and we draw a boundary in particular interactions. Um, And so that's just an example because, you know, what's incredible is like, despite all the difference in social norms and how we value and define connection, like it still comes down to fostering effective communication. Like that's a universal practice. And like our kids are watching us, like they're learning from how we interact with others. So what better way to demonstrate the socially desirable levels of, you know, kindness and respect and effective communication than by being with them in the home all the time and modeling it. They're life skills that serve them for years to come. And I mean, Lord knows I am feeling that deeply right now with having both of them home and just my short fuse for... You know, I don't, I don't want to say like the silly things and and the little things, but it's true. Like I I do just, I get overwhelmed and overstimulated easily and just want space. And I tend to yell or, you know, let that out with a temper and an anger. And then I get upset when Josiah is doing that to Levi. And it's like, well, but I'm not modeling the level of kindness and respect and, and again, an effective communication, because am I using my words in the moment and taking a deep breath or whatever, like I'm teaching Josiah to do, like, these are the life skills that we're doing. And if you're trusting a teacher or administrative professional at a traditional school to do that, then okay. But like, we have to trust that the parents at the home are the authority in that, whether or not we like it, like they're still being socialized to be acceptable behaviorally in society, I guess. So, all right. So that was like the mindset stuff. Um, let's get practical, right? Like the who, what, where, when, why, like, just, just tell me what to do Mel. Like, that's usually what I hear. And obviously this isn't like a scientific formula, but I think first up is that your home sweet home can be the ultimate hub of socialization. Like going back to what I was just saying, like if you create a warm and welcoming space where your child's friends feel like they're part of the family and they're welcome to come over all the time. And you're not, you know, the grump who's like, my house isn't clean. Like you can't come over. Then like your kids are going to be. And if hospitality was, you know, your thing with, you know, girlfriends five, 10 years ago, then like considering, consider transferring those skills to play dates or something. Um, so I I've got a list. I'm just going to run through, uh, some things I jotted down of like practical tips for finding your groove. And most importantly, just being intentional. Being intentional about developing these socialization opportunities for your homeschoolers. So the first is identify learning communities. And this for me is just like seeking out local homeschooling groups, co-ops, and any networks that align back to your educational philosophy and values. Because these communities provide a plethora of opportunities for you know both parents and children to connect, which is a huge added bonus on the parent side. Like I found mine on Facebook just this summer. 
I have the Classical Conversations Co-op that we joined and the South Brevard, I'm in Florida, that's our county, the South Brevard Homeschoolers Group. It only has about like 400 people in it, but it's got a very active community. And then, and after a few of their like regular park days, I found that it would be a diverse, fun way to get to know more families and see where we might want to cultivate deeper connections. Because again, for me, it was important to have a balance between my focused Christian group and a group that had a range of, you know, various beliefs and ideologies, both spiritually and academically, you know, like how do we approach? Like I am, we are still a academically focused family, whether, you know, I try to input unit studies and I try to slow things down. Like we still, we value that. I just, I don't have it in my bones to be a unschooler free play, you know, all the way through like second grade, but I want friends like that. Like I, I, I want to see that balance and I want to hear those conversations. Um, so when you have defined those things for yourself, again, your educational philosophy, your values, your goals for homeschooling, and then you start to identify these groups that you can get involved in, in these learning communities, then you're already vetting them for yourself based on those values and beliefs and just kind of understanding what your balance is, because maybe you're all in on something. Like maybe you want the SEA groups, the the secular eclectic groups, or maybe you only want the Christian groups, or maybe like you, you just don't care and you just need friendships, or maybe you're an introvert and you're just seeking like a single other introvert mom for your kids to hang out, right? Like there's just so many different options. Um, then it's shared interests. So this is just encouraging your child to pursue hobbies and interests that align with their passions, right? So whether it's joining a sports team, an art class, a book club, like shared interests are often the things that lead to meaningful connections. Like I mentioned my dance class, like just getting your your child involved in the things that they are interested in, they'll naturally find kids that also have that same interest. And it makes it easy to say like, okay, like, would you like to come over? Would you like to, you know, go to... Like we used to go to Dunkin' Donuts with all the kids after gymnastics. And like I uh, created, you know, a couple friendships with the parents there just from hanging out for 20 minutes, you know, every Saturday morning. Um, so again, these are things like just little tips about like finding your groove and, and looking for opportunities. Community service, right? Engage in volunteer activities as a family because participating in community service not only benefits others, but it provides opportunities to meet like-minded families who share a commitment to just making a positive impact. And you'd be surprised by how many organizations love to see and interact with homeschool families. I mean, I think of places like the post office and municipal offices, like waste management, like love the little volunteers and they love giving tours. Uh, structured playdates. This is just really arranging regular playdates with other homeschooling families. So like I had mentioned, you know, the, the Dunkin' Donuts group, you know, if, if they were homeschooling, like, that, that's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, you know, do you want to get together Friday at, at 10? And, you know, if it goes well, then you kind of make it a regular thing. Um, and I see people all the time just seeking that on Facebook. Like, hey, we just moved to the area. I have a 10-year-old who's into XYZ. You know, does anybody else align with that or match or have a kid their age that wants to, you know, go to the splash park to meet? Like, you don't obviously just automatically go to their house to start hanging out. I mean, some people are comfortable. I, I would like to meet you know, somewhere public first, just to kind of meet the parents and all that stuff. But yeah, like go hang out somewhere first and then, you know, connect with the parents and, 
see if you share experiences and insights. And, you know, again, hopping on Facebook and checking out the local mom group or simply just asking friends can make this a whole lot easier. Um, local events and workshops. Attend local events, workshops, seminars focused on homeschooling and parenting. Like these gatherings offer chances to network and exchange ideas and, and form connections. That's the intent of why most people attend. And because it's easy to have excuses for those things. So again, you know, a shared interest is actually attending and doing a deep dive in those areas. So whether that's a homeschooling convention or an event at a local museum with, you know, homeschool admission specials on certain days, like you just, you kind of just have to search a little bit and network online. And for us, like, I love our Space Coast Fun for Kids site. Um, you know, and I highly suggest like looking up your city to see if they have a page. It's fun, the number four kids. And now that I think of it, I don't know if it's an S or a Z, but maybe I'll pop it in the show notes. Um, collaborative learning activities. Like you can organize projects with other homeschool families to collaborate on. So maybe that's a science experiment or using the local library or lab uh, from a university, uh, an art exhibit or a history fair. Like just working together naturally fosters those social bonds and shared learning experiences. And the same goes for planning regular outings to just, you know, parks, museums, zoos, cultural centers. Like these are the things that provide opportunities for your child to interact with peers and just develop those social skills in, in various environments. Uh, communication skills, teach your child effective communication skills, including active listening, expressing thoughts clearly, and just being empathetic and understanding. And these, these are the skills that we know lay a strong foundation for building meaningful connections. But I think when we put them on paper and we list them as like things we should be focused on doing, it just makes it a little easier. Um, and then I, I, I jotted down three more. So empower choice. This is sort of the idea that, you know, you allow your child to choose their social engagements to some extent. Obviously this depends on age and stuff, but it empowers them to just forge connections based on their own preferences. And it just allows you to contribute to more genuine interactions, I think. Uh, cause you know, even at a young age of five, I see Josiah having an overwhelming sense of who he does and doesn't want to spend time with based on what he believes and the things that he likes to do. Uh, and again, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I think the, the benefit of homeschooling is that we, we get to see both quantity and quality in terms of the volume of interactions. But I think there is value in emphasizing quality social connections over the quantity. Like if you have to pick one, I guess I would say, like just encourage your child to nurture friendships that bring just positivity and mutual support because variety is super helpful. But, you know, when your child does get old enough to go deeper into friendships, like I think keeping this in mind is helpful. And then as with anything else, just reflect and adjust. And, you know, perhaps most of all is just regularly discussing your child's social experiences and friendships with them with other trusted friends, like reflect on what's working well and what might need adjustment, like ensure that you've got a good, positive and growth oriented approach, right? Evaluate, like, do you need to make any changes? And if so, what to be able to support your child in this area? Like I know a friend who's an extreme introvert, but her five-year-old will talk to anyone and everyone for very long periods of time. And it's overwhelming for her. She's had to force herself out of her comfort zone to give her son those social opportunities more frequently. And like for her, it was keeping her why and her goals front and center and seeing those every day to help give her the courage and make it easier. All right. So 
as we wrap up, like the one thing I want to focus on is thinking long-term, right? Yeah. I, I always say I have a broken record, like educational philosophy, the approach, the goals. We always start long-term because it's not just about academics. Like we know this, but it's about building these lifelong skills and social skills are the things that'll carry our kids through life's adventures. Like it's just a big one. And homeschoolers, I think are often talked about as like shining stars. I think when it comes to like these really strong interpersonal skills and self-confidence and just adaptability from people that might expect it the least, like I hear so many times those college admissions personnel and like the grocery store clerk or the Sunday school teacher, like these qualities in, in our kids become their armor as they step into the world beyond homeschooling. So I think if I have one takeaway, I'll call it my homeschool turbo boost. Cause if you're on our email list and receiving our daily boost snippet emails, uh, that's what I'm calling them. But the takeaway is that you are doing great. Like just your interest in this episode and care for this topic alone makes you great at socialization. Like, so don't get overwhelmed. You are shaping exceptional little human beings who will carry these amazing social skills into adulthood. And comparison is just always the thief of joy or the, the thief. Yeah. The thief of joy. Is that the right thing? It is. <laughs> um, all right. So there you have it. A, a dive into nurturing social connections beyond the classroom. Remember, like, it's not about mimicking traditional school socialization. It's about fostering authentic, strong connections that'll set your child up for a fantastic future. Okay, so as always, I would love to hear from you. Check out the show notes. Email me at melaniethisismygeneration.com. And until next time, take care. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and join the waitlist for our harvest program or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.